Today, welcome to Partakers and our series, Wow Jesus, looking at the life of Jesus as told in the primary documents about him, the four Gospels of the New Testament. Today I want to talk about Jesus, the risen King. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me, also, as to one abnormally born. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all tell us that Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried in a tomb. What do these four Gospels say about the resurrection and Jesus' rising from the dead? Let us first look at the sequence or suggested sequence of events over the period of time after Jesus' death till he ascended. Some of the sequence events have more than one Gospel reporting them, but for brevity and for the sake of my voice, I will only give one reference to Scripture. First of all, the tomb is empty. Two Marys watch the burial. Mark 15 verse 47. Roman soldiers guard the tomb. Matthew 27 verse 62 to 66. Women prepare spices and then rest. Luke 23 verse 56. An angel rolls the stone away. Matthew 28 verse 2 to 4. Women arrive at dawn with spices. Mark 16 verse 1 to 4. Angels appear to women, Mark 16, verse 5 to 7. The women hurry back to tell the disciples, John 20, verse 2. Peter and John run and investigate the empty tomb, John 20, verse 3 to 9. Peter and John then go home, John 20, verse 10. Mary Magdalene weeps by the tomb, John 20, verse 11. Then Mary sees two angels, John 20, verse 12 to 13. So that's the empty tomb, and now the record of Jesus' appearances. Jesus appears firstly to Mary Magdalene, John 20, verse 14 to 17. Then he appears to other women, Matthew 28, verse 9 to 10. The women report back to the disciples, John 20, verse 18. Guards testify to the priests, Matthew 28, verse 11 to 15. Then Jesus meets two people on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24, verse 13 to 32. Jesus appears to Simon Peter, Luke 24, verse 34. Then two report to the disciples in Jerusalem, Luke 24, verse 33 to 35. Jesus appears to the disciples, lest Thomas, John 20, verse 19 to 24. The disciples report to Thomas, 
John 20 verse 25 then Jesus appears to the disciples and this time Thomas is there John 20 verse 26 to 29 then Jesus appears to seven people John 21 verse 1 to 14 then Jesus questions Peter three times John 21 verse 15 to 23 then Paul records Jesus appearing to 500 people at one time 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6 and Jesus also appears to James 1 Corinthians 15 verse 7 and then as Paul suggests as he appeared to Paul himself as if Paul was an abnormally born apostle 1 Corinthians 15 so what evidences do we have for the resurrection these facts remain about the resurrection there is the changed attitude of the disciples after seeing the risen Jesus they change from defeated cowardly people to victorious and brave people nobody who could have produced the dead body of Jesus did so their silence is as significant as the preaching and changed lives of the apostles then there's the multiple appearances of Jesus to various numbers of individuals and groups of people at various times of the day and in differing circumstances and then there's also the survival and inordinate growth and impact of the early church if there was no bodily resurrection of Jesus would people really have risked persecution and death for knowingly telling a lie and as we talk to people about Jesus quite often we come upon people who like to cast doubt upon the resurrection so how do we deal with them and here are some suggested uh, answers to the questions that they may bring up let's say Jesus didn't rise from the dead surely as we said previously the authorities would have produced his dead body in order to quench the new movement but they didn't because they couldn't secondly would the disciples really have risked death for telling and maintaining a lie about the risen Jesus? They were beaten, confused, and defeated men until they saw Jesus truly did rise from the dead. After seeing him, they were transformed and victorious people. Thirdly, somebody stole the body. Hardly likely. And if that did occur, for what reason? How would they have got past the Roman guard? And even more so, how would they have moved the stone a great distance from the tomb? Fourthly, Jesus didn't die but merely fainted and recovered consciousness in the tomb. Even the skeptics disagree with this theory, one of whom said, It is impossible that a being who had stolen half-dead out of the sepulchre, that's the tomb, who crept about weak and ill, wanting medical treatment, who required bandaging, strengthening, strengthening and indulgence, and who still at last yielded to his sufferings, could have given to the disciples the impression that he was a conqueror over death and the grave and the prince of life. Fifthly, they all went to the wrong tomb. While one person may have gone to the wrong tomb, and quite possibly maybe two people, but not everyone would have done. Lastly, Jesus didn't die in the cross, but somebody was substituted for him. This is certainly untenable, given the rigidity and strict record-keeping of Roman rule, and with the eyes of the Jewish hierarchy watching. And what is the significance of the resurrection, particularly for those who are his disciples? The resurrection of Jesus Christ 
provides the central theme for the sermons and teaching in the early church. For example, Acts 1.22, Acts 4 verse 33, and Acts 17 verse 18. But what significance is there in Jesus' resurrection for us? Firstly, the resurrection proved and vindicated all Jesus' teaching and claims as a suffering servant and attested to his being fully God and the last judge of all mankind. Isaiah 53 verse 10 to 12, Acts 2 verse 36, Acts 3 verse 13 to 15, and Romans 1 verse 4. Secondly, it declared God's approval of Jesus' obedient service and the fulfilment of all the Old Testament promises resulting in forgiveness of sins and salvation being found only in and through Jesus Christ, which was the prime motive for evangelism in the early church. Acts 2 verse 32, Romans 4 verse 24 to 25. Thirdly, Jesus' resurrection is a sign of the bodily resurrection for all believers in him, giving a new attitude towards death and transforming hopes. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 12 to 58, Romans 8 verse 10, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 14, and 1 Peter 1 verse 3 and verse 21. As the resurrected King, Jesus now intercedes for us and has perfected the redemption of all those who choose to follow him. Romans 5 verse 10, Hebrews 6 verse 20, 1 Peter 1 verse 21. And what significance is it of today? Jesus still meets people today. As Jesus is still living, he meets with people at the present time. How does he do this? Jesus walks with us wherever we go, and in particular in the darkest periods of our life. Just as he did with the two people on the road to Emmaus, he walks with those who proclaim to follow him. Mark 16 verse 12 to 13, Luke 24 verse 13 to 32. Secondly, Jesus speaks whenever the Bible is faithfully preached and read from, just as he opened the eyes of those on the Emmaus road when he explained the scriptures to them. Luke 24 verse 27 And lastly, Jesus meets us when we partake of Holy Communion with the bread and wine which symbolise his very flesh and blood. For more to think about, please do read John chapters 20 and 21. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or close friend so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. How does my faith journey compare to that of Thomas? Question 2. What can I learn from Peter and the responses he gave to Jesus' questions? Question 3. How do I still encounter the risen Lord in my daily walk with him? Thank you.